Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. everybody to episode 60 of the green light podcast we are joined by zion the man behind duke nba twitter and uh also is on load management on the complex networks zion what's good man welcome to the pod uh, what's up y'all it's good i'm definitely flattered for you guys inviting me this is definitely new new for me i'm usually the one doing all the interviewing no this is gonna be good man it's gonna be good <laughs> we appreciate you coming on um before we jump into it just want to give uh you an opportunity 30 second like broad stroke rundown on who you are where you're from and and how, you know where, what you're doing now um yeah so uh, i'm zion i'm 24 years old um yeah i guess everyone mostly most people know me from like uh, duke twitter uh running duke nba building that the account up but um what i actually do um i work at complex complex networks um in new york city or in times square um, media company, if you don't know, uh, covering pop culture, sneakers, sports, uh, pretty much everything. And um, I've been a big part of their sports vertical for the past two years. So um, definitely helped them build up. And now I'm doing a lot of podcasting. I'm originally was just a social person, but now I've grown into podcasting and doing video and shows and whatnot. So yeah, it's been a wild uh, couple years out of college for sure. Nice. Okay. And you started at Complex when? Right out of college or in college? Uh, well, I interned at Complex when I was a junior in college, um, but I got full-time five years after graduating 2018. So, yeah, I'll, October 2018 is when I started. Got it. And are you still in New York now with everything going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I always lived – I grew up in New York, so um, I'm, I'm full-time New Yorker anyway, but, yeah um, – I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I'm staying nice. here. Nice. I love it. Um, all right. Well, let's let's go back even before all that and talk about how you got started in basketball, working with the Nigeria national men's team. How did that oh, come did, about? You did your research. Oh, did little, man. Did a little research. How did that happen? <laughs> what were you doing? What, what was your um, responsibilities? All that. What's crazy is like, I started, this is how it all started. Mostly everything for my story starts from social media. Um, basically, I, obviously I'm Nigerian myself. My parents were born in Nigeria. My siblings were born in Nigeria. I was born in New York. But um, I saw like I was obviously been a diehard basketball fan and I saw we had a national team and they were trying to qualify for the Olympics. And it was just like, yo, I was like, oh, I never knew we were nice like that. Then I did look at the roster and I was like, okay, we got, some NBA players, obviously most of these guys are Nigerian American, so they're born in America, but like me, the parents are Nigerian, so they can play for the country. So it's just like, I was like, yo, no one's really covering this. So I just literally started a Twitter account. And wow. like, that was the 2012 Olympics. I was in ninth grade, eighth, 10th grade, something like that. Yep. It just continued to grow, like as I covered it. And obviously the team got better, um, just to the point where, I started connecting with a coach and like, so the coach just found you on Twitter. Basically. Cause it's just like, there's no other 
there's not person a doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it got to the point where I connected the coach and now I'm sending names of people in like college and high school to the coach, just like a full list of people, just like of people me doing research. So now I'm working with the coach with the roster um, eventually. And then like, it just got to the point I was doing it so much the count grew to what it was that in 2000, was it 16? But when we're going to the Olympics again, I got to travel to, uh, to Houston before they played their exhibition against the U.S. actually uh, in the Rockets arena. Wow. That was just like crazy because like then I met everybody like who I've been talking to and met all the players and like, yo, we love you. We've been doing it for <laughs> us. It's, and that's why like, kind of where I started what I'm doing today is just like in connecting with players. And now obviously the team is what it is. I'm still kind of doing little parts. I, I still connect with the team, but now they're going to – kind of blow up now because now they got like Spencer Dinwiddie playing with them. So, you know, hopefully they, they are successful. Wow. Big time. I got to shout out. Shout yeah. out to my guy, Tony Skin. 20, okay. I don't think it was 2016. I think it was just 2012. Absolute. Well, first, George Mason legend from that Final Four team. For sure. But I just remember I, that 2012 team when they were in the Olympics, I just remember absolutely balling out. I mean, I know obviously there's some other guys from the league, but I think – We've, we've talked about this a number of times, like guys that are playing overseas. And if you only follow NBA basketball, I don't even realize the, how high of a level these dudes are playing yeah. if they are overseas. And yeah. Tony Skin was one of those dudes that proved it. He's like, I'm up. I mean, he probably played probably six, seven, eight-year career um, playing overseas. But like in 2012, he came in, he, he balled, and then turned that and right into, into a coaching career. Yeah. He was, Tony Skin had a famous moment. I mean – I remember they got destroyed by the U.S., obviously. Everyone remembers that part. But people forget James Harden got his ankles broken by Tony Skin. That was, like, a crazy moment. And I wish it happened, like, in today's age because social media today, they would not let James Harden. 100%. But, yeah, it's it's, like you said, there's a lot of players. Like, even there's a player now in the Miami Heat – Gabe Vincent, uh, he played play for us last last in the World Cup last year. Yep. And it's like there's so there's so much talent nowadays. I think like me personally, Nigeria could be a top five team if they get everybody. Like number one, Giannis, Giannis is Nigerian. Giannis could play for Nigeria if he really yeah. wanted. His parents are Nigerian. Yep. Uh Bam Adebayo, he could play for Nigeria. Andre Iguodala obviously played for the US, but he could play for yep. Nigeria. It's just like there are a lot of players obviously that are American. That could. Yeah, yeah, that could play for Nigeria, but they just want to play for the U.S., obviously. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you start – I mean, talk about having some uh, foresight. So, good for you. I mean, that's big time. But yeah. uh, so, fast forward a couple of years. How do you end up at Lehigh? Man, it's crazy because, <laughs> obviously, if you know me, I'm a big Duke fan. Huge Duke fan. My brother went to Duke. Um, so, that's kind of where I started my Duke fandom. Okay. Uh, growing up, I was always a Duke fan. And then obviously we lost to Lehigh in whatever year it was, 2011, 2012, brutal. 2011. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal had me. I remember it was a Friday night. It had me just like mad for like a whole week. Couldn't um, believe it. Couldn't believe it. But like it, it definitely put the Lehigh, the school on my map. Like I never knew of the school before that game. And like, and a couple of years later, I think one of my like family friends close actually went to Lehigh and she started pitching me like the idea of going to Lehigh. Obviously it's a good academic school. Um, 
and like I just applied really I just I just literally just I was like why not apply and I got in and uh, I think it was just like the best school um, of the schools I applied to said I said why not uh, why not end up at Lehigh that would be very ironic so yeah it just happened and you know I guess I guess it it, it turned out pretty well for me but at Lehigh I was still a Duke fan so yeah, like, that, oh, I mean they was it hard to draw? Like, did you put it? Did you hide it at all, or was it out? No. There? I, what's crazy is I worked with the basketball team for two years, and the coaches knew I was a Duke fan. <laughs> there would be, especially Zion Williamson's year. There would be times like we'd be at practice, and I'd be watching a Duke game. They'd be like, "Yo, yo, you're wild, bro. I'm, yeah, I'm a Duke fan. Bro. I can't do. I can't stop. Bro. I'm not just gonna stop for y'all. I don't care." Oh man, I love it. That's epic. That's epic. And obviously, so then I know you mentioned you started a complex as an intern, worked your way kind of up from there. When mm-hmm. did you launch the Duke NBA Twitter account? When, when did that became, become kind of your, your, your thing? When did I launch that? Like I said, everything starts from Twitter for me. Everything. Um, I think that was like 2014, 13-ish. Um, it was just like, I, the, like kind of like the Nigeria basketball count, I, I kind of knew what it was going to be in the few. I kind of knew it was going to grow into what it was now. Yeah. And I think I kind of leveraged in the beginning, I kind of leveraged it as, uh, okay, you're going to follow me for the stats and whatnot. I'm going to share the stats and uh, keep up with the guys who are in the NBA for Duke. And obviously when the recruiting started increasing, when Coach K started bringing these one and dones, then I kind of like, okay, my value is going up because these guys are in the pros. They're, they're a little bit better. Duke is building a brand in the NBA. And like once I kind of got, I think I, I definitely owe Quinn Cook a lot of credit. Um, he definitely pushed my account a lot, especially when he was in the G League. Um, and that's kind of how we like build our own relationship. And now I'm like cool with him now. Um, it's just like, you continue as I continue to grow the account and build as much followers as possible. I kind of started turning it from just like stats into my opinion. Yeah, think- that's that's when I that's when I came out. That's when I started. <laughs> I don't know when it was. I don't know when I started following you, but all I remember thinking was, "This is not a regular Duke account. This is not a cookie cutter." Yeah. Uh, blah 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 all the other people and i and i'm not trying i i i don't i do not mean any disrespect to anybody mm-hmm. else i i i'm just saying a lot of uh li- listen i go back to like the devil's illustrated message board okay. type shit so Jeez, i go i go back when we when we were missing out on um recruit after recruit after recruit and there mm-hmm. was like Pete, i don't know i always get i always get shit for this but whatever you want to say there was a little lull there where it was getting bad yeah. we were missing out on guys and, For sure. and the one that hurts me still is kenny boyton when we mm. didn't get kenny boyton and that dude went to florida i was like yo i don't even know what is happening like how are we losing but anyway sorry i'm going off a tirade yeah. so you you whatever you cha- whenever you transition to not necessarily just like hey this recruit is interested or whatever that's yeah. when i i don't know how or what but i was like damn this dude Cause you you didn't come out and say who you were yet, right? Nah, it was like, it was like I was I was always I was always kind of scared, especially when I was younger. I was always scared to like, okay, this is who I am. This is why I'm talking. Like I put my face out there. I think 
I kind of did it perfectly because um, I started I started writing. I started writing for Duke Report. And I think I started somewhere else before that. I just started writing. Um, so I started like putting my articles on like my page. Yeah. So like it started to become like okay, I'm trying to formulate. I'm trying to become like you know Adam Rowe and yep. and them and Brian Horace, those guys. I was like, I don't want to be just like a fan account. I I, I kind of hate that that uh, label. Like oh, this is a fan account. Like no, I'm obvi- I'm a fan. Like I'm a yeah. fan of Duke. Obviously, I'm gonna be biased towards Duke in some way. But like I still want to have a place where I can like you know push out my opinion. So. I started slowly transitioning. And when I first like started revealing my identity, some people caught it. Some people caught it. They're like, okay. So they started like tweeting me by my name. And I think, I don't know where I went for, I think it fully transitioned this year. Like, I was going to say it was recent that you, you came out underneath this umbrella of, of secrecy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was like, the thing is I always had my name, like my full name. And I think, Zion's year, um, obviously, my name was Zion. So I don't, I think people like were kind of throw, like there were some people tweet at me Zion, but I think people didn't really catch it yet. Um, but like this year, I think it took a full transition when I started doing like live shows. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, when, yeah. We start, when I started doing the live show element, and I'm okay, I'm showing my face. And now you know who I am. That's when it's like, okay this is not just like a fan account. This is a person. And like, I'm using this count account as a person. I think it, it took another level last week when JJ started tweeting me, like just normally, like as a person, then it was like, okay, yeah, now it's a full, now I'm like fully into, this is like my, my account, Zion's account, not like a Duke fan page account. Yep. That, yeah, no, that's, that's a perfect transition, too, because I was just about to ask about how, <laughs> I, well, first, how all the JJ stuff came about, because mm-hmm. for me, I always loved Duke, like, Jay Will was when I started getting into it, so, like, the Boozer, Dunleavy, Jay, those, that was, like, OG, Vin, that's, like, when I started becoming a fan, um, but JJ like pushed it over the top when he played at Duke. It was like I was mm-hmm. like borderline, not even borderline. My wife will tell you I was obsessed. I am obsessed. I'll, I'll <laughs> say too, if you watch Paul play pickup, it's legit scary. Like this dude has tried trying everything in his power, <laughs> everything, whether it's coming off screens, whether it's a follow through, uh, it's 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 eerie. So JJ's his guy. I'll Ooh, yeah. okay, that's the dude, that's the dude for sure. Um, but so two questions one. Mm. How did it all come about? Maybe it was just because, you know, you got like Insta fame, not Insta, Twitter famous, essentially, <laughs> like, because of all the work you had put in. Yeah. Um, and then I cannot believe that we're in this argument, but Grayson is not even close. Oh, it is oh. Christian Leitner. It is JJ Reddick. And then it's whoever the hell you want to put third. And people do <laughs> not understand how hated this dude was without <laughs> social media, like, this man was hated. So first, let's go all the way back to how it all, how JJ got on the pod. Yeah, what's crazy about JJ is JJ followed me to, like JJ had an old Twitter account. Yep. Yeah, I heard um, this on the podcast. I remember. Yeah. That. JJ had an old Twitter account, and like he used to. I think JJ was my biggest. Well, Kyrie, besides Kyrie, JJ was my biggest like follower, and he'd like interact here and there. So I was always like proud of that. Like this was yeah. before I revealed my identity <laughs> too. So I was always like like proud of that. Yo, we got JJ, but. Then he deleted his Twitter account. He was off of Twitter for like a year. Yep. So like he came back recently. 
and obviously to promote his podcast stuff. So when he came on my podcast, um, on my complex podcast, uh, I told him, I was like, yo, and I, and I had this plan going in. I texted somebody, uh, one of my, <laughs> uh, Ryan Loman, he runs the Duke nation. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to tell JJ, he got to follow me back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like on the podcast, I wasn't supposed to say it on the mic. I just, I just forgot. So I was like, oh man, he's going to leave right after the podcast. So let me say this in the podcast. Yep. So I was like, oh yeah, JJ, please. Um, used to follow me back then. Just make sure after this. <laughs> it was smooth enough. It was smooth enough. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, it was smooth. It was smooth. Honestly, I would have like, done the same thing. Yeah, right? Like, like the my, my co-hosts kind of like, they, they shun me. They I still know. They, they threw some shade. Yeah, they, they, they're they still throwing shade today, even though he did follow. Like, but JJ said, I got you, like, during the podcast. I was kind of skeptical, but I was like, he's on Twitter, so he might see it. Um. But yeah, after the after the podcast that same day, I tweeted, I think I tweeted something about the podcast, or tweeted at him, or tweeted a video of him. Um, and yeah, he just followed, and he's been in my mentions like the past week, responding to people, and, and Grayson wow. too was in my mentions. Yeah, talking so about yeah. And for your second question, yes, you are right. It's clearly JJ. Obviously, it's not great. Like, and you got to be real. People didn't like Grayson because he was good. Like yeah, people okay. didn't hate people didn't hate Grayson because he was good. Yeah, right. they hated him because of the tripping and the tantrums and whatnot. Yeah. JJ was purely hated because he was so good and you couldn't stop him. Yeah. I think and I can speak from from my standpoint, and and I, this is why I I've never done more of a one eighty on an athlete in my entire life. No. I, yeah. I despise JJ Reddick, and I grew <laughs> up, I grew up in Virginia. The dude from Virginia, from Roanoke, that's like. And it hurts me even more when he's talked about in his pod recently how he's like, yeah, Virginia was one of my, like, final three. It was like, you Florida and Duke. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so I, I remember, like, him coming into U-Haul and torching us. I remember him going for 40 against us. Like, I can't, like, I could not stand him. And, like, Grayson, like, Grayson, obviously, I, I, I couldn't stand Grayson either because had, he had the travel buzzer beater against Virginia. He had all the tripping. <laughs> he had the tripping incidents and all that. But I don't – personally – it for me it, it never it doesn't even compare but i will say obviously i think to even magnifies how big i was that twitter follows for you mm. jj just what he's done too with the podcast with his kind of like his public perception has blown and i that's why i think he's going to be so successful even after he stopped playing is i mean it's massive and i think the way he's able to connect with guys in the league connect guys outside um but 100 percent. i mean those Maryland Duke games when oh my they were just, oh, I mean, wasn't there a whole blog? There was a blo- a Maryland blog that was just I hate JJ Reddick dot com. I mean, like he, the dude, he got like threats and like all sorts of stuff said about his yeah. family and his sisters. Like, yeah. and I'm not saying that, that Grayson didn't. I don't know. Like, he didn't come out yeah. and say it. Like, maybe he did, but the, he he was hated. It, it was just it was, just wasn't as amplified. Because mm. social wasn't as big. Yeah. And, and half the social wasn't even invented yet. Yeah. If, if JJ played in the social media era, this that would be and that it's a hundred times worse than than what it was, hundred percent. Yeah. And Grayson did say, Grayson did say, I think on Twitter he responded to somebody who said, Oh, JJ got called, uh, whatever, and he got phone calls to his house and his family members got shunned too. He, he Grayson said he he did experience that as well, but uh-huh. I don't I don't know. I don't know to what a gr- degree, but yeah, I, I just don't think it's even close. It's not really close, but 
you know, so, so round out round out your top five. I think everyone can agree that wherever you put them, Leighton Reddick and Grayson are in the top five most hated. But most who round who who rounds it out? Mm, that's tough. You put me on the spot there. Like I like I I think Wojo. People hate Wojo. People hate Wojo. I think pe- I don't want to say Hurley, but I think people hated yeah. Hurley. Yeah. People hated Hurley. No, I don't I don't really yeah. know why, but people hated him. Yeah, uh, playing with Leighton too, and he was. I mean, he's yeah. so yeah. Like those two. Yeah. Yeah, Wojo's well, an easy one. Who else, Ian? I mean, who do you hate? I, mean, bro? I have. I have. I'm. I'm. My number one. I put. I. And another one turned full circle. I hated Dante Jones. Like I. Dante Jones. Dante. I couldn't stand Dante. I mean, the dude was doing push-ups after just like. Oh. That. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what, what are you gonna do? Um, but um, Dante Jones, I. No, I mean, Ryan Kelly didn't really piss anyone off, but I always just got angry watching Ryan Kelly. What do you got against Ryan Kelly? <laughs> I just hated, like, watching him. And it's one of those <laughs> – um, I, I think there's two different types of, of Duke hate, though. Yeah, it's, no, like the, it's like the prototypical, like, Duke white player. kid that goes yeah. to Duke, and it's like Plumleys. Like, of course, you hate <laughs> Plumleys, right? But they don't hate the Plumleys because they got 40-piece. That's, yeah. like, a, that's yeah. like an easy way to hate Duke. Right. Yeah. But when they – when Paulus, like, Paulus was a Greg low. Paul. like, Paulus, that's it. Old. Great answer. Old. Um, pa- Paulus and McRoberts. I mean, like, McRoberts was quite McRoberts. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think you could you could even throw those. Yeah, guys. McRoberts was definitely hated. That's a good one. I would say Tar Heel fans probably have Joe Henderson on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the good old elbow. Baby. <laughs> Just because of the elbow. elbow. The people's elbow. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, before, obviously, before we get, in, I get too deep into, into the college hoop side, I know, obviously you've talked about it on load management pod and, and obviously what we talked a little bit about the bubble. What have you been kind of most surprised by so far NBA wise in the bubble? I know 80 won the game last night, crazy ending. They go crazy. up to low. Obviously it seems like it's going to be Lakers, maybe Miami, maybe Celtics. What has been the craziest thing for you so far, and what what do you think we're we're gonna see here here coming up? Craziest thing, um, I think honestly, I don't want to say the Heat, but yeah. Now I, I won't say the Heat. I won't say the Heat because I feel like that's so like that's so easy. Craziest thing, or even just like surprised by or whatever. I mean. I, I, for me, it's like I'm just shocked that the basketball is so good. But then when you yeah. hear when you hear the NBA players talk about it on whatever channels or podcasts, you know they're not traveling. There's there's no there's not a lot of like wear and tear on your body. Like yeah. you just go back to the hotel and rest and play again. Yeah, that's what JJ said. I think I think for me, definitely at least the craziest thing I saw was still Damian Lillard's run. Oh, that was insane. Yeah, yeah. that was like. Like every night, this man is dropping 50, 50, and just carrying his team. Like they need every ounce of <laughs> every ounce of production he gave. They needed. Like if he yeah. didn't give it, they were done. So like I still think, you know, his his uh, performance was pretty impressive and it was crazy. Um, definitely, I, I still got a factor in the heat though, because I know. I mean, I I did not expect them to be here. I I expect I did pick them to pick the beat the Bucks. But now the, good for you. No, but the thing is, I didn't I didn't like I kind of just watched the Bucks. Like I never trusted the Bucks. If it if it was somebody else the Heat were playing, I might have not picked against I never trusted the Bucks. Like mm-hmm. that's what I put in my 
I think we did an article on the site. I said the Bucks aren't making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but like now, just even watching them against the Celtics, it's like, yo, they could have been up 3-0. They they yeah. really could have been up. I mean, it's vice versa. The Celtics could have yeah. been up 2-1-2, but like the the Heat get to the finals, like that'll be a crazy accomplishment. Crazy. That would be insane. Crazy. And, and both teams too, like let's let's assume it's Lakers, um, Miami for now. Mm. Let's just assume. I feel like there are real tough matchups on both. Like, yeah, who's going to guard AD? No, but okay. But the whole league has that question, right? Like, that's yeah. not like a new question. And same for LeBron. But I don't think the Lakers actually match up well against Miami either. No. Like, I don't no. really think they can guard them that well either. So it's like, hmm, okay. I do think – I think for me, looking at that, I at least gets the Celtics. I think the Heat have better defensive matchups for the Lakers than, than the Celtics, obviously. And the Celtics do. Um. Obviously, it's hard to stop AD. He's like in a, a freak and uh, just like a, a unicorn. But Bam Adebayo's a pretty good matchup for AD. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's who, who are you going to put on the other bigs for them? But I wouldn't be like totally mad at seeing at just putting Bam on AD and seeing you know what he can what can, he can do. And then obviously you have Iguodala, you have Drake, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, yeah. Yeah. those guys you can put on. LeBron in some in some form and just keep rotating. So yeah, they don't get just, super tired. Yeah, and keep on throwing bodies at him, and I think like that enough should and they're a great defensive team in general. So that enough should would allow them to compete. Yeah, but the offensive side, I'm not too, I'm still not too confident in the Heat like going up against offensively. Them. Yeah, yeah, because to beat them four times is tough. Yeah, it's it's tough and. At the end of the day, it's still <laughs> it's still LeBron James. Yep. And it's still LeBron James looking for his four, fourth ring. So yep. I don't know. I, I, I've had the Lakers since day one. So I think the Lakers are gonna uh win the title. But I mean, I personally prefer to see the Celtics, but I think the Heat give them a little bit more troubles defensively for sure. All right, we're we're gonna come back to that fourth ring comment because I wanna ask your thoughts about this year but before that look this is a this is a duke podcast technically ian two out of the three people here love duke, so <laughs> no, this is a duke podcast right duke now podcast. so we don't ever want to uh disparage a duke player but damn was that block on tatum unbelievable yeah. and he, i saw a lot of people said oh you should have laid it up i'm like no no that was the no. only option yeah. he that had was, to do it he had no other way to score that basket besides just uh, Go for it. at him and dunk on him, but credit Bam out of bio, man. You just got to credit, got to credit the Kentucky player, <laughs> I never man. Thought Bam was gonna be. We said I texted you the other. I never thought Bam was gonna be this good in the league, and he's no, me neither. Like, how he can switch on to almost any position. He can play all these different ways on the defensive end. Like, I mean, it's it's really really impressive. And I think one thing you you mentioned that's like, well, I mean, just even talking about Bam is the fact that Kentucky players. It's hard for me to admit it, but they've been killing the playoffs like yeah. all over. Yeah. Jamal Murray. Oh, we're gonna get guys. yeah, we're gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole Kentucky Duke. <laughs> uh, I you know I call it little little uh, brother syndrome, but you know a lot of Kentucky <laughs> fans will get pissed at that. Um, all right, so back to the fourth uh, ring, LeBron. Before even the bubble started, there was a lot of people mm. that said this year will have an asterisk on it. Um, I've. I didn't necessarily disagree with that because it was so weird. We didn't know what the hell the product was going to look like. We didn't know if it was going to survive or it was going to get canceled after a month, whatever. I think I've now shifted to 
the the narrative is this is actually going look it's going to count as one championship but yeah it almost is going to count as one and a half because of how impressive i think to play through a pandemic to play in a bubble, to be away from your family. Like the narrative has shifted, in my opinion, from, man, this season doesn't even count. No one's even going to watch. Nobody cares to, holy shit, no, if LeBron gets four, this is as legit as it's ever been. Like, where do you land on on that spectrum? For for sure, it still counts. I I mean, for me, like, I think I had that same mindset as in like, yo, is this really going to replicate what we would get in the playoffs? Yeah. But – like after watching it and just like seeing what the bubble is like, I think it's it's harder. Like it's harder to win a championship. Like you gotta there's you gotta think about there's no home court advantage anymore. So like that the reason the reason the Bucks got so dominated is because every night you're playing in the same environment, you're playing on the same court, and you know there's nothing there's no home court advantage for you. there's no crowd behind you to push you give you that momentum. And it's just strictly who's the better team and who's going to win every night. Who is the better team going to win every night? And who can execute? Yeah. And that's what, that's what happened with the heat. The heat were better. Like they're just overall, they were better and, and they, they uh, prepared better. And I think if LeBron gets through this and he gets the ring, you can't, you can't, you can't take it away from him because these were harder circumstances. I mean, you could argue if the Lakers, the Lakers were playing in Staples center uh, every you know, two two games, they would maybe lose less games than they had. Like so, yeah. um, I think it's definitely you know it's 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 proved like the true the champion of this uh, bubble is going to be the true champion of, of the NBA. And yeah, yeah, no, counts counts. Sure. I'm on that team as well. Um, all right, let's get into Duke, man. We're gonna have a season. <laughs> we don't know what the hell it's gonna look like. Yeah. We don't know if they're playing in Atlantis, South Dakota, or Durham. Uh, well, they're not playing think... in South Dakota. Yeah, right. yeah there's no – yeah. Not they're out of South Dakota. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you think this season is going to go? And not necessarily um, – we'll get in from, like, a Duke perspective, but just mm-hmm. this season, you know? Like, there. I, I know we don't have all the details yet, but how do you think this is going to happen? Um, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I haven't really even, like, talked to much, much people about it, but I, I think it's going to – it's gonna be weird, definitely. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's kinda it's kinda like the, the NBA bubble, but I think the bubble is a little bit different because it was just the playoffs primarily. Um yeah, it's gonna be tough. And it's especially gonna be tough for the the, the young kids who haven't experienced college basketball. You're not really getting the full experience with like the fans. I mean, if you if you if you look at it realistically, fans matter most in college basketball. Way more than way more than NBA, yep. obviously way more than high school, way more than international. College basketball, like, is depends on its fans. And even from the Duke perspective, that's why they dominate in Cameron. Um, but I still think – I think – I think uh, I know people think about it negatively. I know the players have been tweeting, oh, we want to play with fans. But honestly, I'm, I'm excited to see it without fans because now it's just – like, it's kind of like the NBA bubble. The better team is going to win. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, Duke is the better team. Like, if we're just looking at it realistically, they are the better team. So I'm trusting Coach K and I'm trusting, you know, Coach Cow and Bill Self, all those teams. I'm trusting them in a non-fan environment than anyone else. Oh, no, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. Like, if you're, if yeah. you're a top-level team, 
you should be pumped because when you go on the road, you take everybody's best shot. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with all the craziness. There's none. There's none. Just go who? Yeah. I don't think you're going to see like the fluke. Like not that I'm trying to think of like a, I mean, one last year that just completely caught someone off guard, but like, like, I doubt you're not going to see it. You're going to see some high level competition. I think I doubt there's going to be like, I'll, I'll put it honest, like NC State beating Virginia last year. Like, I don't know if that happens when it's just completely, sure. completely empty. Like, I, I don't know. But um, it, it definitely is going to be interesting. But Cameron, it, that's going to be – without the crazies, that, that is going to be, I think, the oddest thing of anything. It's it's gonna, just, it, it'll be all – it'll be cool, I think, I mean, seeing it. But if they're playing at Cameron and it's just an empty gym, obviously it's an iconic gym, But without that, just that wall of students there completely painted up, it's definitely going to be an adjustment. It's crazy. And, and I don't even think that, I mean, I, I don't know the rules. I don't know the guidelines. I, I was actually planning to talk to Nolan next week, see if we could get him on for our show. But um, I I don't think there's a way to put fans in Cameron just because uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. too small environment, gets sweaty, you yep. know, and masks are not going to do anything. Like masks are going to make it worse <laughs> at the end of the day. So I don't think there's any way to put fans in Cameron for sure. Uh-huh. Um I think there'll be games sporadically at neutral events where you probably see fans, you know, separated in some, some type of way like the NFL is doing. But, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's just hoop. And yep. at the end of the day, I'm fine with that as a Duke fan. I'm cool with it. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it is what it is. I, uh, we had Rob Douster on the podcast a couple of weeks okay. ago, and he said, just assume we're not having college basketball so that if we get anything, you're excited. And that's mm. just a good way to a good perspective because, yeah, there's no fans, but at least we get to watch this recruiting class. And so yeah. let's talk about this Duke team, um, another loaded recruiting class. You know, who are you most excited to watch and, and why is it Jalen Johnson? Because that's the answer. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, this year is so weird because, like, not even just, like, with the coronavirus, but, like, even with the roster build, it's just, like, we have – it's, like, the first time we have a couple of returners, like a Jordan, Wendell, Matthew Hurt, that are experienced, and now they're going to be key players for us this year. And then we have such a loaded class. Like, it's definitely an underrated class, I feel like, in terms of it hasn't been really hyped. And there are a lot of guys like Jeremy Roach and uh, um, Jalen, obviously. I even like – I like Jamin. I want to see Jamin – I don't. I don't think he's gonna get the minutes he deserves just because Coach K is Coach K, and you know the rotation is gonna be a seven at some I, point in the I, season. Oh, it's my only <laughs> criticism of the dude. Um, <laughs> I know I'm a nobody, but damn, can we just play nine players? Right. Like I think this is the like I thought last year was a year, but I think this is actually a year. Like you could play ten guys, but he's yep. just not gonna do it. Um, and Stewart, obviously, Stewart's a good guy. Stewart, I like. I like. Yeah. I like him I think, a lot. There's, I think it's just like a, it's a little clumped up in that backcourt. We don't know what, like, who's going to start. Um, hopefully, I want to see Roach and Stewart and Moore yep. as the three and Jalen at the four, but you never know. Um, we just, like, we literally don't have any anything. Like, we usually have something. Like, we, we know Trey's going to, you yeah, know, last yeah. year we knew Trey was going to start. We knew Vernon was going to be there and be yep. the guy. But this year is just like, because Matt Hurt, you know, you never know. He could just break out 
and yep. be that guy. I was surprised. I honestly was surprised at how much he struggled last year because I really thought he was going to be kind of like mm. difference maker, kind of a tweener type guy that you really haven't seen like in a minute at Duke. But it will, I think, having that, having Wendell like back is is massive. Goldwire, that was a massive. Mm. Um, and I, I love Jeremy Roach too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think all that, all those guys coming out of DC, I mean, there's this high level talent. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it mixes because. I mean, there's – I mean, UNC, I know, has a big recruiting class coming in as well. It'll be young. Mm, sure. um, Virginia's going to have a lot of young guys as well. I mean, they're probably going to start Jabri Abdurrahim. They're probably going to start um, – well, obviously, Sam Hauser hasn't played for them either. But a lot of these top teams, even Florida State, Scotty Barnes, like there's going to be a lot mm. of young guys in the ACC for that sure. are super, super talented. Um, but I think the big – it's the cohesionness, and I think and, – and how they can mesh together. And I definitely think with Wendell and – um, and hurt and go wire and those guys being there to kind of be those leaders or, or it's a huge plus for you guys. For sure. And, and I think also you, uh, just to answer your question of who I'm most excited for, I think obviously Jalen is the obvious answer, but I'm definitely, it's, just, it's still a tie for me between the backcourt. I just want to see, yeah. I'm excited to see both of them. Um, obviously we, we, we've had a point guard for the past two years. So it's kind of, you know, exciting to see someone uh, new carry the offense. I just hope, I just hope Rose can knock down the outside shot. That's the yep. only consistently. That's all yep. I need from him. Just knock yep. down your outside shot consistently, and, and we're gonna be all right. Yeah, we're gonna be all right. Um, you mentioned Nolan. You want to talk about top five Duke player ever? He's in there without a doubt. And uh, well, be, I love Nolan. Nolan's yeah, awesome. He, yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. hates Nolan. You want to talk about? People on the opposite end of JJ. That dude was loved forever, <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah, always loved. Sure. Um, so thank God he didn't leave. Uh, but we gotta we gotta talk about the question that nobody wants to talk about is who's gonna replace K? And mm. if you're making the decision, who are you hiring? I mean, for me, I've I've said this publicly. I've said this on the, our shows consistently. For me, it's Jeff Cable. Yeah, I just, I just think it's a perfect fit. I think he's a better coach than people kind of give him credit for. Obviously, he has had his stints with Oklahoma. I think he's doing a great job at Pitt right now. Pitt is evolving, um, definitely. But I think obviously that you can't ignore what he's done recruiting wise. No, and I think he could. Obviously, Shire's great. He could he could recruit too. I'm not knocking yeah. John Shire, but he he's still a little young. I don't think he has enough coaching experience to just grab the reins at Duke. No. Um, but Jeff Capel, I think, you know, players love him. Even Quinn Cook, Quinn Cook, when I asked him and he said Capel, he thinks Capel's going to be the guy. So, like, I hope it's Capel, um, but you never know. Um, things happen, but, you know, what, what do you guys think? I've always been Team Capel. I think the only other ones in the mix would be Amaker. Mm. Um, you know, I, I thought Collins, but I don't think he's had enough I success. Collins, I Collins had his shot. I don't know if right now. Yeah, it, yeah it, I thought Dawkins for a while, but probably not. You yeah. know, one author I, I want to get your opinion. What about Quinn? You think Quinn Snyder would come back? Oh, I would love Quinn Snyder. Don't get me that, wrong. He's done a great job with the Jazz overall, but I don't know if you just jump down. That's yeah. That's the question. Oh, the yeah. NBA life is so much better. Listen, the game ends. You watch some film. You go home. There's no recruiting. Yeah, like I don't think I don't think he's gonna come back down. I, I don't see it. Obviously, either. Duke fans have this weird. I don't know why Duke fans love the idea that Brad Stevens is gonna come from the Celtics yeah, back to Duke. 
He is not doing that, number one. No. And I don't even want that. I honestly, myself, I don't want that. I just feel like, you know, if you have if you have Coach K, you need somebody who's been under Coach K for a long time. Yeah. That's what you need. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with Cable. I'm okay. Even if it's not Cable, I'm, I'm okay with anybody. Just Katie make sure that you're one of his guys. Like, if you think I, I should have phrased that a different way, forget the AD. If you're Coach mm-hmm. K, who are you placing in that role? Because nobody else has this. No, exactly. he didn't put who he wants in that role. Exactly. And it has to be, you have to be in the system because it's just yeah, like, you if you want to continue this, if you want to continue the brand of Duke, yeah. you have to keep it with someone who's been it under has, this. Yeah. yeah. Now, maybe 10 years from now, somebody else, but yeah. at least, at least a guy who played or coached underneath him is going to get the first shot without a doubt. For sure. For sure. Without a doubt. All righty. Let's yeah, get it. And I think for me and my, and obviously Duke, I, I, we talked about this time before you started. I just moved to Durham. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in Virginia. <laughs> I personally, my thing, and I've given Paul a hard time about this, Jay Huff, Durham guy, Javin Delorier, Charlottesville guy. And who won out between those, obviously, switch and pass going, who won out? And I'm putting you on spot, and I'm obviously leading this question. Who won out between those two commitments? Who won out? That's an easy answer. <laughs> like, that's not even close. Like, Jay Huff, I take Jay Huff on Duke right I now. Mean, I, I, I just, I was trying, I, 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 it wasn't really bait to even take. I just, I know Paul can't stand Javin. Uh, I, I've always never uh, been. But it is pretty, I mean, Jay Huff was not like a, I mean, he was a top 100 kid, and he snuck in the ranks at the end. I don't think you'd ever think of him a pro typical, but it is just, it was very, very, especially this past year, funny as Jay Huff has gone almost with triple double with blocks and rebounds and points. And then we have Javin, who apparently Tony didn't even offer a scholarship to. Um, he was right. <laughs> that was the right. He was right. Like, that was the right. Like Javin, uh, I mean, this is not, uh, I mean, I'm not one to bash someone no, like man. that, but like, bro, you had four years. And the thing is, he, he, he showed flashes his freshman year that you were like, okay, we could develop this into something. Like, we could, de- we could develop this at least into Emil Jefferson. Like, That's it, Emil Jefferson. Beat Lance Thomas. Yeah. Beat that guy. But, like, bro, we, the decline was crazy. No. Insane. It is. And, and it's- if I had to watch that dude travel one more time underneath <laughs> the pool, I swear to God, I was going to break my own TV. Bro, it's not even traveling, like, traveling on, like, uh, in traffic. He's traveling oh. on fast breaks. On fast breaks when he's wide open. It. It, it, it was fun for me. <laughs> uh, and my, one of my best friends, and Paul is this Duke fan as well, went to St. Anne's Belfield where Javin went. So for him, it's like, this is your guy. Same high school, <laughs> same college. And it, it's just, it, it, it was tough. And the one, that, the one I think is obviously, the one guy that Virginia, I think fans had penciled in for a long time was Henry Coleman. I think is either his mom or his dad went to Virginia. The other one's Virginia Tech. They thought we were always going to get him. He goes to Duke. Fine, okay, great. Now the one that's going to be interesting, and it was down to top three, Trevor Keels. Down to Duke, Virginia. No, Trevor's coming to Duke. I, actually, I don't – I heard it here. I don't I know. Think, I, I think is – I'm scared. I, if you had asked me this question in March after we had just beaten you guys, mm. say, okay, may, may Virginia is in the crowd. I'm a little scared because I think the more it sits, the brotherhood just seeps into your brain a little bit. Yes. Yeah, it's like um, – It'll be a big pickup. And no there, but yeah. – yeah. I don't. I don't know much about Keels. Uh, I haven't tuned in much to his recruitment. I know, like I've heard from some people, Baldwin. We're getting. That's what I'm hearing. Like that's what I'm being told. Oh Baldwin. yeah, you posted that somewhere. 
Was that on Instagram? Or somebody posted. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I think, it Duke was a up, screenshot. Duke Update might have tweeted it recently. Yeah, and it was I, like Baldwin's coming. It's over. Yeah, or something. I think I think I've been told that for like a while that Baldwin is is, is like set on Duke. I think uh, Paolo's commitment kind of oh. threw me off a little bit. I, I did not expect that. And that's why I kind of like uh, doubted if Baldwin would come, but mm. I'm still hearing he's he's coming. Um, but Kiel's Kiel's is just a throwing. <laughs> we got Kiel's. Yeah, Kiel's is a problem, man. Kiel's is Kiel's is a big body. Like, yeah. like I think Virginia desperate. That's the difference. Virginia desperately needs Kiel's because the yeah. recruiting hasn't like they only they just signed their first kid in that class. Mm. You guys like that would be all right. We'll load. It's like another like Wendell Moore type. Like we'll load up you know, as in a plus version of that. Yeah. But that's that. I mean, that's that's a big one, and I think it's uh, it's weird to see Virginia even in a battle with Duke for like recruits like this. But um, it, it, that's, but, that's 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 gonna know, be it's gonna be massive. You know why it started right is because your fraud championship. <laughs> <laughs> Keep saying it. I, so I how's I'll give you guys. You guys, we we lost a what three? We lost the three teams all year. Mm-hmm. We lost three games all year. Two mm-hmm. of them to Duke. That's fine. If y'all want to put another banner in Cameron, it's great. No, I don't want the banner, but I just want I, I want y'all to take y'all banner down because y'all were not the best team that year. Mm-hmm. We were clearly the best team that year. That was so, so sad. I, I that and I that that Elite Eight game for Duke that had to be one of the most frustrating because that team obviously. I mean. Um, Trust me, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything after the way Zion blocked DeAndre's shot from the corner <laughs> three jumping from the block. That'll be in my memory for the rest wild. of my life. Trust me. I I I'll never like that is the best Virginia team in my life, and I'll always be. Now, were they maybe the most talented team? Best no. They put they turned it on, they got they got it done. But um it is it is pretty crazy to think that did come with probably one of the most talented Duke teams. Of, uh, Bro, of it's, it's still the most talented Duke team to me of all time. I just don't think like uh, obviously the pieces weren't they weren't the uh, they didn't mesh as well as we wanted. Obviously Cam didn't play to his capability. Um, there was a lot going on with Cam, even like that I heard behind the scenes, like even recently. Um, but like that was still the most talented team I've oh. ever seen at Duke and. It's a, it's a shame. It's it's still a shame since they and it's crazy because it came after the year that we had a heartbreak in the Elite Eight again. Oh, yeah. that was supposed to be the year too. So like, wow. like it's it's that was it's been the most painful stretch of Duke basketball. Like I I think I think even last year's result, like the fact that Corona stopped everything, yeah. it hurts. But it kind of like it was it, like it, all right, at least at least we did yeah. not win it though. Yeah, our last our last game was a win, a yeah. win against Carolina. So it's Hell a little yeah. like you know. Gives and you I little... was and I was there in person. Oh, you were in person. How it was, was that? And I'm fine with ours too. Like the Virginia team was down. We got a win over Duke. That's all. I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, <laughs> guy, no, I got, I got one game. last. Well, it's kind of a two parter. I think you're yeah, most under and I've got my opinions. I know Paul's put a couple down too. Mm-hmm. Most underrated Duke player of all time. And then also either most say either most frustrating Duke player of all time or the one player that, that you just wish hadn't even not even say wish hadn't gone to Duke, but it's like mm-hmm. uh, he didn't even be a Duke. Right who, who would you what was yeah, your most underrated or most frustrating um, on, on both ends? And if you what you want to go first or second? I'll I'll go I'll throw mine out there. I mean at least right. I'll say So first I, is first is underrated. Oh yeah, he's got underrated. 
Personally, okay. I think Gary Trent Jr. My personal one is Gary Trent Jr. And a little bit of bias. I mean, Paul and I both went to Ohio U, so Gary Trent is dad, best player in school history. So I didn't have to come up. But I think that team, and, and we've talked about this recently, it, it made so much sense for him to be more of an integral piece of that team. The way mm-hmm. he could space the floor, the way he could shoot, the, what he's showing the NBA this year, um, it's what Duke has missed a little bit over the past few years is that for outside sure. shooting that way. And I don't know. And he had his moments. I know and like when they lost to BC that game, he still got hot and just came and lost. That's the one guy I thought like could have done more or wasn't as appreciated. And maybe even if he stays longer, he does ball out. I love Gary Trent Jr. That would be mine. I don't know, Paul. You mine, mine was a tough tie. I, I wanted to go with Sean Dockery. I wanted to go with Daniel Ewing, but I had to go with Lance Thomas because that dude for you want to talk about the opposite of Javin. Like freshman year oh was like, goodness. okay, like I think we could do something with this. And then we did, and then he won, and it was hmm. he was unbelievable. Like the, you couldn't ask for a better four-man role player that can kind of do everything, that's never going to hurt you, does everything right. Like, that that was my guy, Lance. Yeah, I, I, it's even crazy seeing him in the NBA now. Like, just he's taking threes. He's crazy. Like, man didn't have a jumper in college like that. Like, it was wild. Coach K, if he would have taken a three, Coach K would have been like, yo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But, yeah, he really developed. So, like, respect to him. But uh, this is a tough question. I think you took maybe a little bit of my answer um, with Gary because I think I've said that a lot. Um, I don't want to go too old school. I want to keep it fresh. Cause I'm, you know, that's like this. This is the era like I'm more dominant in terms of Duke. Um, uh, underrated. I'm thinking of guys like Emil. I think Emil was better than people gave him credit for at Duke. Um, Honestly, you could have picked like you could have picked anybody off that 2010 team. Shire, Singler, yeah. like yeah. that whole team was kind of underrated. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think Singler. Singler's a little. Singler, was, I love yeah. Singler. But. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that same team, at Gary Trent. I'll go Window Window Carter Jr. Yeah, I that's think not a bad answer. I think he was better than people, and he's never gonna get it. He's never gonna get the respect. He doesn't even get it now from Duke fans. Um, the respect that he deserves. But like, if Bagley's not there, Window's averaging like 19 and 12. I was tough. At least, yeah, at least, and. And then you have to mix it in with the fact he has to share the ball with Gary, with Grayson, Trayvon Duvall, yep. Bagley. Like, I, don't, I think he was in – of all the people, I think he, he suffered kind of the most. Um, obviously, he was still a top-10 pick. But I think you get a second-team All-American first team maybe if you don't have Bagley. And yep. I think that's kind of going to hurt him in terms of, like, his Duke's fans' love for him uh, in the future. And, you know, it sucks. But, I mean, that's the nature of Duke's recruiting nowadays. And it happens. But I definitely think he, he, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Yeah, yeah. In, my, in terms of front – and, like, if I and put myself in, like, Duke's shoes, obviously, if I pick anybody, I mean, we've already been having a jabbing conversation. That's, that's different. But I think, <laughs> personally, the one that – and I've seen Paul forever that I just never understood. I just never thought was it really a good fit was Trevon, Trevon Deval, Trayvon Deval, however yeah. you pronounce yeah. the name. I always just thought like, if that team, if those teams had a, a true point guard, you have your Tyus, you have your Trey, mm. that's that missing piece. And as a Duke fan, I knew that that would be the one, at least in my mind, that whether it's frustrating or it's just, I, I don't know, I, I thought that was 
that was a guy that I, I listen man i i was always the one on twitter arguing on his behalf because i just knew <laughs> if, if if whatever whatever switch needed to happen or whatever kumbaya locker room moment if that happened i just knew that this dude could not be stopped i'm not saying now everybody relax he had Kyrie type transition skills. Type, just type. <laughs> Where okay. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta expand on that. Just to, look, he was impossible to stay in front of. Crazy finisher at the rim. Stupid athletic. Not a crazy good shooter in college. Like he was so quick end to end, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes that got him in trouble because he would make bad decisions, get up in the air, try and make a pass, turnover, whatever. But he had Kyrie. I'll say like. Not in the same stratosphere, but like transition skills. So I was always like, man, I'm telling you, like, whatever needs to switch, if it does happen, it's going to be unbelievable. It obviously didn't. My answer is Austin Rivers. He will always be in the shrine of Duke people because of the shot Oof. over, over yeah. what the hell is his name? Zeller? Zeller, Tyler Zeller. Over Zeller. I just think, I, I, I feel like his potential, they just never reached it because that was Lehigh, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Lehigh. That yeah, was Lehigh. so I think I, it was just – that year was just so frustrating. I think they were like 21-9 and nine or – you know, they lost more. I mean, look. Yeah, they lost this, a lot of games. This is going to sound absurd, but, like, if Duke loses more than six, seven games in a season, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Austin actually – we had Austin on our podcast too. Austin, I told him that. I told him, like, Duke fans don't really love you. That's, that's kind of how I – I love them, but – They it, don't – they don't love you like they love other players just because yeah. you caused a lot of frustration. You lost a lot. You lost to Lehigh. And oh. then obviously at Duke, he was kind of a, like a selfish player of some sort. I mean, if we're being real, he was yeah. like, and even Seth Curry said it when he left, but like, yeah, I think he's definitely makes sense. Uh, you guys kind of knocked out too. Um, so, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say Trayvon Duvall because I feel like that's the easy answer. Like, but although I do give him the benefit of a doubt because he was surrounded a team that couldn't shoot. So, you know, that kind of hurt his play style as well. But, yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, okay, so I got to pick – I'm going to pick a different one. Most frustrating. Yeah, it can't be can't be driving. Can't be that's, driving. that's the answer. <laughs> I might say – I might say even though we did win a championship – this year, like the the year, um, he left. I, I kind of say Rashid Suleiman. Wow! Uh, I, 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 I almost, had, I almost yeah. asked the question. I literally had that in my mind. I was like, "Do you consider him a Duke? Like, do you still like consider him a Duke guy?" As far like, I, he went to he went to Maryland of all. Yeah, the, he like, went to Maryland, but I mean Duke Duke. I mean he. And I don't want to say Duke kicked him out. He did whatever he yeah, did, he, and he yeah, 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 yeah. But Quick like. Acted. Even when he was playing, like he was so hard, cold. Like he, he's either giving dropping twenty five on your head or, yeah, shooting like That's a, a four seventeen. Like, like, like uh, I mean, it's it's he was very hard, cold, and he, I think that definitely frustrated me a lot. But I mean, the fact that That's he wasn't on that championship team and he would have helped, yep. that team could have been better than they were. Low key, I mean, I, I'm not complaining about a championship, but he he definitely helps helps that roster. Um, but yeah, definitely, I'd, I'd pick him probably. Yeah. All right, another one, one more tough question, and then we'll get you out of here. You, you're starting a Duke team uh, to win a championship this year, Tyus or Trey? Whew. You can't. That's tough. I, why <laughs> well, you do that I, to me, that's, bro? That's a, 
you're gonna ask that from another Duke guy, huh? But he knows, my answer, but he knows Trey. He knows Trey is my guy. You know, Trey definitely is one of my favorite players ever at Duke. Um, I might have to post this now. I, I'm not gonna post this. I'm not. If you, if you, <laughs> I'm not gonna post this specific part. But um, championship team, give me more. Uh, who do I have? Who's my star player? Um, I'll say you got from this year. You got J- Jalen. You got Wendell. You got. I can just pick anybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we based off the people you picked already, I'm taking Tyus because yeah. Tyus is a little bit better shooter and yeah. Tyus uh, crushed me. Yeah. Tyus crushed me. That that <laughs> shot against Virginia. <laughs> I mean that's that. I mean, what are we? Doing? So good, iconic, and Jason that Tatum was, has a shot was, there too. I mean, that's Tyus Stones. I mean, that I I have so much respect for him. Justice. I mean, that team. I mean, I was. I would say overachieved, but like I didn't think they were winning that year by any means. I don't know if it really yeah. was that team. I mean, think how good Kentucky was. Think how good Wisconsin was. I mean, what they did to win. It's crazy. It's crazy. I Tyus, like I absolutely love that dude. And but Winslow was my favorite player on that team the whole year. I don't yeah, know why, but he was just – I loved – when he – I don't know. Was it Virginia that he jumped over, blocked the dude, and jumped over? No, nah, that was uh, Stanford against – Yeah, it was in the Sweet yeah. 16. No, where he jumped over someone and yeah. after a block. That was early in the season. That was, like, at the Barclays against Stanford. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Right. I remember yeah. he did get into it with Justin Anderson a little bit when they did play because I remember, like, it's like I, I don't like him. And I met him in New York after, and I remember telling him, be like, I'm cool with you, but like, don't really know. I know what you do. But uh, that, I mean, that, no, that Tyus, man, I think Tyus is not, I don't think he's underappreciated by any means, but I think he should always, like, I mean, he has a legacy that should always live on. For sure. For sure. No doubt. You, quick question for you. Do you, uh, for Ian, you know Evan Nolte, right? Obviously. Oh, yeah. Right. You want, you, you want to talk about most frustrating Virginia players? Maybe <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Not just because – I mean, he was, like, a top 50 recruit that I just never – like, I was hoping went more towards, like, the Joe Harris side. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had his moments, but I, I think he's hilarious on Twitter. He's a great social media yeah, dude. Evan's one of my guys. Like, uh, yeah. I've, I've definitely, like, the past two years of been a relationship with him and his brother. And That's actually, awesome. Joe, Joe, like, Joe, like, we went out to uh, eat a couple of times. They're, they're, they're good people. But Evan, Evan always cries about the Grayson. The <laughs> of Grayson course travel. Yeah. When he I, talks to me. And, you know, um, so then we – listen, you got to get him on. We'll have two Virginia <laughs> guys, two Duke, and then we'll, we'll live stream the Duke-UVA uh, game. Oh, yeah. No, oh, we'll do, for sure. For sure. We could do that. We could do. Evan, Evan, I'll give Evan credit. Honestly, one of my favorite things, and for everyone who's listening or watching this, go look up right now. The If you look, Evan Nolte mugshot. He got, like, <laughs> arrested in, in Charlottesville. He's just rocking a Hawaiian shirt with a smirk on his face. That that, <laughs> that doesn't make him, like – that takes him off my like most frustrating player. He has my I just Hawaiian oh, shirt. Nah, he's a uh, he, he, and he. I think he was like a. I think probably guys guys really liked him. I just always wanted more. I don't know. Yeah, it's fair. All right, man. We'll get you out of here. But um, for everybody listening, watching, where can they find you? I know we talked about it a ton, but where where can they listen, follow, all that stuff? Um, I mean, if you're a Duke fan, you probably already followed me, so I don't need to give my uh, Duke credentials. But if you want to follow me on my personal account, it's Z-I-O-N-O-L-O-J-E-D-E on Twitter and Instagram. I just started using Instagram again, so, you know, follow me there. 
but yeah um if you want to check out complex low management podcast it's on spotify apple whatever wherever you stream podcast um we got big guests coming up we got kg tomorrow so well i don't think it won't be tomorrow whenever this podcast up kg will already probably be out um but yeah yeah check check us out um yeah for sure that's it Love it. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate you coming. And, uh... Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors were closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, lust, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney in the love, so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.